Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. I'm your co-host, Justin McElroy. And I'm Sydney McElroy. That was a big pause there you took. For when? Just then, like as we got started. I wanted to build some suspense as to who I was. Oh, okay. Like maybe they wouldn't know this time? And now my identity has been revealed. I'm Hi, Justin. Justin McElroy. Yes, it's still you. And it's still me. Um, Justin. Sydney. You... Kat, you, you've been on TikTok a lot lately. Mainly just watching your great TikToks mm-hmm. and um, people making various recipes out of cake mix and two other ingredients. Yeah, that's that. true. Don't mix it. That's always a key in those. Don't mix it. Don't mix You're it. You're going to be tempted to. You just sprinkle it over top, a couple pieces of butter, you got a dump cake going. Um, but there are also sometimes, um, I would say, wellness trends. On TikTok, mm, that's a generous way of putting it. Yeah, I don't get a lot of those in my algorithm. Can't oh, imagine why. No, can't fathom why. But I have heard from many, many of our listeners—too many to name. I would name you all, but so many people emailed this topic uh, in quick, quick succession. <laughs> um, and I looked; people have been actually recommending this topic for a few years. I'm just slow on the uptake of this one. Uh, but apparently, chlorophyll is a big TikTok trend right now for humans. Yes, honey. It's been humans. huge on plant TikTok right. for a long time. <laughs> People, they're wild about it over there. That's right. Uh, plants have been on the chlorophyll trend. They were. They knew chlorophyll was cool before it was cool. Yeah. But humans are just now getting into it. Getting like, into it. This is it. good. I'm loving turning the power of the sun into usable energy for me. So thank you if you emailed in about chlorophyll now or in the past several years. There are so many of you. I can't name you all. Just know I'm talking to you right now. This is just for you. And not the other people who also did it. Just mainly you. Just you. Um, So, Justin. Yes. What do you remember about chlorophyll from your – when did we – elementary school science class probably? Yeah, I checked out after that. Then I got Third through fifth grade science, somewhere in that range. I had some stuff. I had like – biology and I think there's some plant stuff in there in college but I worked at a system with my friends where uh, one of us would go Monday and one of us would go Wednesday and one of us would go Friday and then we would just co- compare notes so we didn't all have to go to class all the days and I'm pretty sure I didn't go to class on plant day you know like on the day right we were on, so you college. don't know what chlorophyll does for plants it's the green stuff okay that's a I'm start. gonna help um, let me uh-huh. basically it's the good green stuff that takes let, let's mm-hmm. plants you, you got this. Come on. Yeah. It takes plants and the sun is in there. And then it turns like this. Uh, There's a carb, word here you're looking for. Carbon dioxide into 
Oxygen photosynthesis. Photosynthesis. Good job. You got it. Yes. I'm it's gonna a, go, I'm gonna go lay down. It's the <laughs> pigment present in plants and algae that is responsible for their green color and it is stored in chloroplasts. You remember that? Don't yeah. you, didn't you have to make the cells and you make the animal cell and the plant cell and you gotta make a cake or something that looks like one? My mom did it for me. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I loved making those. What? I know. It's shocking. Mine was a um, one of those big cookies. This is our first time meeting, so you mm. can imagine my shock at finding out that you loved making cell models. I, apparently, <laughs> as a kid, that's very important because I had to do it many times, I feel like, for school. Like, I had to make multiple edible cells for school. Loved every one of them. Can't wait. Can't wait to do that with our yeah. kids. Can't wait oh, for yeah. that day. Anyway, so it absorbs sunlight to give plants energy. That's photosynthesis. It's a way that plants give us oxygen. Yes. Yes. So it's important for plants. It's important for humans. We have known about it since 1817 in the plant realm. But when did we decide it's medicine? When did we decide that uh, not only was chlorophyll important for, you know, photosynthesis in plants and the creation of oxygen, which is the, you know, thing we need to survive, when did we decide that we should ingest it? I, I don't know. This seems like a recent trend, but it actually isn't. I thought really? this was really this was really fascinating. So a lot of what you'll read about the current articles about it kind of focus on the last few years. It sound it seems like maybe like 2018 is when this was sort of revived or or thereabouts. That's at least when it was a big enough trend that it ascended into the public consciousness and there are like think pieces about it yes. and, and and like popular science articles about it and stuff. But that is not the first time that people investigated the potential health benefits of chlorophyll. For that, we have to go back to 1930. Wow, all the way back. Yes, at Temple University in the lab of Dr. William Gruskin. Now, Dr. Gruskin was intrigued by the potential of chlorophyll to do a lot of things. And when we get into the whys, why did Dr. Gruskin think that chlorophyll might have all this medicinal potential? I don't have a great answer for it. It's really hard for me to try to figure out exactly what the first thought was. You know, why do you think one thing might be medicine? Why is this the thing you decide to focus on? Yeah. Is it just that you're, it is the area of your research and so you may as well look for all applications of it? I mean, that's certainly true sometimes. Other, other suggestions have been that if you look at the chlorophyll molecule, it's similar to the hemoglobin molecule in our human bodies. It's one of the blood ones. Yes. The, there's a place that where iron and magnesium, we have iron and then they have magnesium instead, the plants. But anyway, it's a very similar. So maybe the thought was like, this looks like hemoglobin. Actually, I don't know if we knew the structure of hemoglobin. I don't know if he knew the structure of hemoglobin. Anyway, this has been suggested as to why it has potential medical benefits is, well, it's kind of like hemoglobin. It does not, here's a spoiler, it does not function exactly like hemoglobin in your human body. So please don't think it does. But maybe that's why, for whatever reason, Dr. Gruskin was interested in the potential of chlorophyll to do a few different things. He started off with, and these were not commercial applications. He was very much looking at like bench research applications. What does this do in a lab? I'm not necessarily thinking about selling it to anybody. Okay. Um, Noble. Yes, Exactly. So he tried it first for things like wounds and burns. Like, what if I apply it to people in, like, an ointment or paste or something? Does it help wounds heal faster? Does it help burns heal faster? Um, is it good for things like varicose veins? What if we apply it, ingest it, somehow take it, 
does it help with that? Does it help with like trench mouth, like an infection mm-hmm. of some sort? Does it help with a brain abscess? So theory theory was it's doing something mm-hmm. in plants. Maybe it would do something for us. We just don't know what. A wide variety of applications Dr. Gruskin tried. Um, there was not one thing that sort of came from that research, right? There wasn't like this giant medical breakthrough, which to be fair, wasn't exactly what he was looking for anyway. I mean, sort of, but. Would have been nice. You always want a breakthrough, a huge scientific breakthrough. Yeah, but when you're doing pure research, a lot of what you know you're doing is building a body of knowledge that someday may have an application. But like right now, it's this understanding is what you're seeking. Yeah. Which is is beautiful in that mm. sense. You you the understanding that is the goal. Yeah, but if it turns into like a super good toothpaste or something <laughs> like that, you're not gonna kick it out of bed. I mean, you're gonna you're, be, you're gonna be pretty. Excited. You are so close to what's about to happen. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, that was very that was very strange. That's where you went. So his research was funded by a nonprofit called the Lakeland Foundation, and they had Sound, made a deal with again, him. Again, this is a Sawbones uh, sidebar. One of our classic segments that we always do, and it uh-huh. just enrates the suspiciousness of an organization based on its name. <laughs> and I'm going to go ahead and give Lakeland, sorry, what was it? Foundation. The Lakeland Foundation, uh-huh. like a seven out of ten chance that it is Illuminati. <laughs> like one, of, like very, very likely, I, likely Illuminati. I have no evidence for any um, shadiness to the Lakeland Foundation. Okay. Uh, from from this story, at if least, a character like, shows up on your favorite show, Fringe, and they're like, "My name is Roger Peterson, and I'm from the Lakeland Foundation," hundred percent, that's an alien. Hundred percent, he's come through the f- from the other dimension. Well, no, they're not aliens. Uh-huh. They're us from the other timeline. Oh, geek the, check! Yeah. You walked right into it. It's not. See, there are multiple time streams, and they're built on top. Anyway, we can talk about Fringe later. <laughs> we can't actually. <laughs> Deciding now. Now you have to. So they had a right to patent anything that came useful that would come out of this, right? Like he's he's in it for the science. He's in it for the love of the game. And they're like, that's fine. We'll fund that. But if you get anything good out of this, we get to patent it. You find any portals or not yes. gold. <laughs> you know, it, turns, it because it's sole property of the Lakeland Foundation. They would. And so j- they did just that in 1937. They patented the use of chlorophyll that was dissolved in an aqueous solution to find a way to take the chlorophyll molecule mean? and dissolve it in water. Okay. That process and, Sorry, did was you patented. describe water as an aqueous solution? <laughs> Well, something with water. I mean, okay. aqueous means like any wa- like liquid. Dissolved in an aqueous solution. Uh-huh. You mean water? Yes. Dissolved in water? Yes. But also like if you threw other things in there, it would still be under the patent. Okay. Got it. Because you can't – so like you have to find a specific form of chlorophyll in order to – like this didn't happen immediately. It's not like he just dropped chlorophyll in water and went made that. Like that took some science to figure out. Okay. So he did that and patented that. Um, or the the foundation did. But they didn't have, like, one use to push it for. They just had this ability, and if it does have some sort of medicinal potential, they've got the patent on it, right? Right. So they're just kind of sitting on it. Um, And it was essentially unused for a while. It is important to note that one result of his research that he really didn't pay much attention to um, because he was looking for, like, more purely medical benefits, like actually treat, cure, disease benefits— uh, one thing that was unexpected is the idea that it might serve as a deodorizing agent. Mm. Um, but he wasn't really focused on that. 
But in the mid-1940s, there was a young advertising executive named O'Neill Ryan. And he heard Not about— Ryan O'Neill. No. Star of What's Up, Doc. <laughs> O'Neill Ryan. <laughs> he heard about—yes, that is actually—yes. He heard about this research uh, around chlorophyll that Dr. Gruskin had done from a friend over dinner. And, like, at the time, he was looking for something. And I guess maybe this would have been common at this period to, like— be in advertising and actively looking for, like, a product, not just to, like, here's a product that's already on the market and I'm going to help them create a campaign, but, like, I'm going to bring the product to market, right? Right, right. Maybe that's still, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. This is more than just, he doesn't just want to market it. He wants to be the one behind it and market it. Got it. Uh, And so he was looking for something, and this sounded promising. So he went to Lakeland and, after some negotiations, persuaded them to give him, like, sole licensing rights. Like, I'm the only one who can license this product, whatever it is. At this point, it's still just chlorophyll and water. You see this on Shark Tank. They have these great hooks (laughs) in Germany that I loved, and I got the sole rights to have them over here. Yes. So... After he had the rights, he went to another businessman, Walter Stanton, and said, let's do this together. Let's find some way to make this a thing. Uh, I think there's some potential here. Let's make a let's make a company. So they took Ryan and Stanton and made Ryston. Okay. And that was the name of That's their company. That's their son. No. <laughs> that is not their son. That's I mean, I don't know. Some people call their business their baby. So sure. yes, this was their ba- business baby. Ryston. And the idea was that they were going to sell chlorophyll products to people. They went through, like, they claimed, like, 600 different formulations before they figured out exactly the right solution, you know, the right thing that they wanted to, to sell. Um, and they had a line that were that they were going to come out with, 12 different products under the name Chlorisium. The line of products was the Chlorisium line, all chlorophyll-containing. Um, it's weird because every time I hear this, I think chlorine, yeah. which, like, you don't want to drink. No. But I don't know. That I, which, Chlorine of course, would be part be, of the, the at challenge. This, at this time, though, a lot of people wouldn't have their own swimming pools. Like, people wouldn't be thinking about chlorine too much, I wouldn't think. Right? That's true. That's true. Um, and so the first thing they came out with in 1948 was toothpaste. Um, Just as you Wow, I, you're saying I nailed it. Yes. Wow, that's amazing. So, so they did all this work. Have. They had this company. They have big dreams, big hopes. They introduce their chlorophyll toothpaste. And it doesn't make a big splash. Hmm. People don't get it, right? Like, I, there are lots of toothpastes. There are ones I already know about. I don't understand why chlorophyll would be helpful for me. I don't know what you want me to do with this. Um, they just don't get it, right? So, don't like, wanna. 1948, the toothpaste comes out. Nobody's particularly excited. Now, there were other people, though, who were interested in this area and were also trying to hop on the bandwagon, so to speak. The the currently non-existent bandwagon. There was a belief that there was a potential here. And, I mean, you'll see they're not – they are not wrong. They're just not there yet. So there was another researcher named F. Howard Westcott, and he had been looking into the potential of chlorophyll to treat anemia, which, again, this is why I think that the similarity to the hemoglobin molecule must be at the root of a lot of these Mm. ideas is because that – that tracks, right? If you think it's like hemoglobin, then maybe it would help treat anemia. Yeah. So anyway, he was looking into that, but he also noticed that specifically it had some odor neutralizing effects. At least this is what he he said for things related to like asparagus and vitamin B. Like if you ate those things, which are notoriously, they will cause you to have odors, right? That people think are unpleasant. Um, 
that he he saw that it helped with that. And he, unlike Gruskin, was down for some applied science here. He was all about what can I do in a lab that we could bring to the people. Um, And so he knew that a deodorizing formula is a lot more marketable than uh, this treats a brain abscess. Very important, but not the kind of thing you have a lot of commercials for. So he decided that what he was going to do was really focus on that deodorizing potential and see if he could do some experiments to prove it. And? Well, I'm going to tell you what happened. Ah. After we go to the billing. I didn't see that one coming, actually. This uh, this time you got me. Let's go. The medicines, the medicines that escalate macabre for the mouth. Sydney, you know how you're always saying that you'd like to build a Justin McQuarrie fan site full of all your favorite quotes, clips, videos, and hunky pictures of beloved podcaster Justin McElroy? I don't remember. Well, there's that- no need to wait any longer, Sydney, because Squarespace is going to make it easier then you could possibly believe to make a website uh, all about your favorite hunky podcasting superstar. I don't think I was going to— Squarespace, what is it? It's a tool—think of it as the palette, the palette of a web design artist. But you don't have to be a web design artist. You could just take stuff off the palette that is created by real people that know what they're really doing and put it from the palette onto the— Easel. The metaphor is broken down. Basically, you're going to be able to create great-looking websites that have fantastic customer support and help you unlock your creativity and do whatever you want to with your small business or podcaster obsession. You can sell products. You can uh, post your videos. You can share your stories about how Justin has shaped your life and is also a fantastic father. Folks, you got to stop waiting to make your Justin McElroy fan site. Go to squarespace.com slash sawbones for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your Justin McElroy fan site, use offer code sawbones to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. We have just started rehearsing for the summer theater. That's right. Summer starts in March around these parts. And that means we don't have much time at all in the evenings to make dinner. But we will not be just consuming Wendy's, uh, although there will be some Wendy's consumed, but we are going to have a little extra help with Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat, delicious meals right to your door, and not like junky stuff you get out of the freezer aisle, whatever. This is real, high-quality, chef-crafted stuff that in two minutes you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some Southwestern-style turkey and mac. I think this week I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl is 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 part of my plan. Um, but they got like fancy stuff. Listen to this. Where are you going to get this? Truffle butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously? From 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 a, a box pre-prepared? All I got in two minutes? I'm eating filet mignon? That sounds delicious. Yeah, it sounds delicious. And you can give these a try. And it's not just these meals. We're talking pancakes smoothies they got some great wellness shots that are surprisingly delicious and the meals you just eat and eat there's no prepping cooking or cleanup get as much as you need by choosing your meals every week you're going to get exactly what you want no surprises here uh and the meals i can say are delicious so what do you got to lose head on over to factormeals.com slash sawbones 50 and use code Sawbones50 to get 50% off. That's code Sawbones50 at factormeals.com slash Sawbones50 to get 50% off.
Mr. Robotman, what are you doing? I'm just taking one last look at my co-workers. Every journey comes to an end. Remember, Black, the space will be with you, always. Sorry, who are you again? Master Kieran. Oh, right, right, right. Sorry. Just calling in. <laughs> Friendships will be tested. Duh, you have to do it. You have to shoot Black. Okay. You shot him so fast. Destinies will be fulfilled. I've become a complete bird. I'm flying. I'm flying. On April 28th, the saga starts concluding. Guys, we don't have a choice. We have to put on a show. We can do it in the old barn. We've got the costumes. We've got a stage. We can do it, you guys. Mission to Zix. The final season on Maximum Fun. Okay, Sid. I I'm, I got my wallet out. I'm ready to invest. What, okay. what happened? So, Westcott did a study, <laughs> if you can call it that, where he gave uh, people he worked with, one doctor and four nurses, <laughs> a, uh-huh, limited sample size, <laughs> a dose of chlorophyll. And then at the end of the day, he had them rate their uh, their underarm Rate odor. their own? Rate their own underarm odor. Do you feel like you're less stinky today than you were yesterday when you didn't get Are chlorophyll? Are you less stinky now than you were four years ago? <laughs> And based on this v- study, again, I'm, I'm air quotes, he, this yielded a 50% reduction in you imagine, odor. Can you imagine walking in a room and seeing a doctor and four nurses both just like all smelling their own pits? Like, smelling hmm, their pits. Nice. That's like a six. Not bad. <laughs> Choice. So, 50% better BO today. <laughs> <laughs> so he expanded that. Uh, to a bunch of college students and had them all take a dose of chlorophyll and rate their stinkiness. And he claimed that the results are pretty pretty similar. The, this cuts your body odor in half if you take chlorophyll once a day. At the end of it, he concluded what he said was, he was quoted, the only effective treatment for onion eaters was to clean the mouth thoroughly and then use a chlorophyll mouthwash or suck a chlorophyll tablet. Yeah. And that it was good for bad breath um, if you were a smoker uh, or if you had an upset stomach. He claimed all this. You can uh, a lot of things yeah. to be fixed by one thing. You can uh, you can just take chlorophyll. And the smart thing that Westcott knew to do is, and you you and I, I mentioned that already. He said a chlorophyll mouthwash or suck a chlorophyll tablet. Now, why is that important? What uh, is the patent that Rice uh, has? Ah, water. It's a dissolved in water. So if he could make a tablet form, he doesn't have to worry about that existing patent. And that's convenient too. You can throw one in your in your purse in your pocket so all of this would probably still be for naught at this point uh because the public wasn't interested in chlorophyll they didn't know what it was they didn't know why they needed it uh some stinky college students was not it was not enough to convince them nobody was buying chlorophyll tablet or otherwise until in the summer of 1950 reader's digest published an article called nature's deodorant all about the magical deodorizing powers of chlorophyll. Wow. Reader's Digest really putting their thumb on the scales there. They really did of history at this moment. I love this kind of thing. Anyway, so this article came out and the public... By this kind of thing, do you mean Reader's Digest, a magazine to which you do have an ongoing subscription? (laughs) 
I love the um the joke ones. Laughter is the best medicine and humor in uniform. And there's another one. I love those. Yeah. The, the, every one, they, it says there's a little note in there. It says, thank you to our only 38-year-old subscriber. What an honor it is to have a millennial like yourself. I used to Still keep all of my Reader's Digest. Um, anyway, so this article comes out and everybody is like, oh my gosh, it is the, it is the 50s and chlorophyll is the thing. We yeah. love it. Uh, and Ryston is already sitting pretty because they've already got their chlorodent toothpaste out there. Yeah. And they are the ones with the patent to, if it's going to be in a liquid, they're the ones who get to do it. So, like, the mouthwashes and the toothpaste and all the different products that you could put on your skin or drink or whatever, they're falling under Ryston. At the same time, you have um, companies uh, like Nulo Chlorophyll Tablets who were using um, Westcott's okay. patent and and basically his um, – intellectual property to develop their products, right? So you have all these different chlorophyll products that all come to the market at the same time as this article comes out and everybody wants some. There were like Chlorette's gum and mints that you could buy in addition to the tablets and the toothpaste and the mouthwashes. There was a form of palm olive that was introduced, you know, the soap. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because that was already a big product at this point. They just added chlorophyll to it for a while. And we're like, look, Palm olive has chlorophyll now. It's great. <laughs> yeah, like it. that, right? Uh, there was even a cigarette brand, Hale Cigarettes, which had like a chloro filter on them. Chlorofilter? <laughs> I don't even know if they, you know what? I got to look at the ads. And the ads were all very explicit. This is what they do, right? Like, this is the goal of advertising make you feel insecure about something. The ads were very explicit. You smell bad. Your underarms smell bad. Your mouth smells bad. You smell bad. That's it. That's And the the only thing you can do about it is chlorophyll. It's advertising. The advertising is designed to make you sad. Well, it worked because 1952. Uh, by 1952, the there was an article that came out that dubbed it the year that everything turned green. <laughs> because everybody was buying chlorophyll constantly, which is something I've never heard of this. I, no. I didn't know this was this giant fad. No. Um, but as fads go, just as soon as the public was going wild and everybody was ingesting chlorophyll in every form that they could, um, just as soon as it got going, it started to die off. That's fads um, for you. That's the yeah. problem. That's why they don't call them, I don't know, permit cultural shifts. <laughs> <laughs> this was just a fad. Um just like many of these sort of pseudo-medical trends, they pop up, everybody goes wild for them, and the same year that they hit it big is the same year they sort of collapse on themselves. Um, first, the FDA stepped in to sort of ruin the fun, and we're like, actually, none of this is based on any science. Um, Sorry that we've been sleeping on this for so yeah, long. I'm glad you guys like chlorophyll so much, but there's there are no high-quality studies that could support anything that we're saying here um and then the ftc stepped in and was like you actually can't market any of these claims because you don't have anything to back them up and we're really mad at all of you for your advertising and we know none of this is okay so they started shutting things down and debunking claims and then the journal of the american medical association published published a big article after that and this was all in like in 1952 into 1953 that said like okay None of these claims are backed by hard science. Uh, the way that Westcott did these studies is not how we do science, right? Like we don't ask our friends to sniff their armpits and tell us if they smell better. 
That's yeah. not that's not the scientific method. And then they pointed out this sort of kind of last little note. Like, basically, they were saying, we don't know if chlorophyll can do any of this. We're not saying it can't. We're just saying we don't have – none of these studies actually prove that it does. And the only thing we throw out there is that in addition to needing high-quality scientific studies to see if this works – Anecdotally, there are a lot of animals that eat plants all the time, and if you thought chlorophyll was really good at blocking odor, wouldn't goats smell better? <laughs> Anecdotally. <laughs> hey. Thanks. That was nice. Um, which I don't know if that's a scientifically sound statement, but there it is. So, I mean, the it's as faded. good as having your buds smell their pits. <laughs> it's, it's at least as logical as what that. Do, wouldn't you think that goats would smell better? I love the... I can see as a physician, this is not me throwing shade because I am a doctor and I can see myself writing something like this where yeah. I think like I'm writing my article and I got all my science in there and then I'm like, this is going to sound so clever. Gotcha. Wouldn't goats smell better? But what about, I just feel bad for the goats. Like, don't you think the goats are like, this is unnecessary. <laughs> Why well, you have to bring me into this? I'm not, I live outside. <laughs> <laughs> I live outside and don't bathe. Like there are a lot much, of factors so, like, at play here, guys. Yeah, I have other factors at play. Like I, <laughs> I don't understand. This seems unnecessary. I'm just trying to eat this can, like in cartoons. <laughs> so the fad faded, and people moved on to what whatever whatever became the next big uh, medical trend in 1953, 1954, and so on. Um, until, like I said, the past few years, it seems like these articles started popping up again in 2018. I am certain there were people trying this before then um, because the supplement has existed ever since the 50s. Uh, you could – you can buy and you have been able to buy like chlorophyll tablets or drops over – you know, from, usually from like um, supplement vitamin type stores or just like pharmacies. You know, mm -hmm. you can buy these kinds of things recommended dose between 100 and 300 milligrams a day, just sort of like, here's this thing. Nobody really takes it anymore, but it's still out there. Um, and it still exists in that form. You can find tablets. You can find um, the droppers are very popular. That seems to be uh, what a lot of people on TikTok like is the idea of like putting yeah. a few drops of it in your water mm -hmm. or whatever drink. And um, especially water, though, because then it turns that bright green. Love that. Love that. It's great for TikTok, too. Yeah. The visual. It's huge. You can use um, you can use it in smoothies too. A mm -hmm. lot of people like the idea that you can use it in smoothies. And there are other like formulations that I have found just in like quick Google searches of like what products are out there with chlorophyll in them. And there are tons. There are tons of them. Of course, people like um, Gwyneth Paltrow on Goop have touted the benefits of chlorophyll periodically, and they advertise one chlorophyll product. Right? We found so chlorella. Yes. Yes, that you can buy. Um, and then, uh, and then there are a lot of other influencers and celebrities who have also claimed various medical uses now for chlorophyll supplements, chlorophyll drops, chlorophyll smoothies, chlorophyll whatever. What yeah. is it supposed to be good for then? Is it still just deodorizing? Because I don't – it's hard for me to imagine a lot of these like celebrities wanting to stand up and be like, I smelled so bad until – Chlorophyll. Chlorophyll. Um the deodorizing thing is still out there. That hasn't gone away. But now people also claim a lot of other things. One one arena in which it has become very popular is skincare. The idea that you can either use like a face mask with chlorophyll in it or some sort of topical application on your skin, like on topical meaning on the skin, um, that will improve like acne, 
or just generally give you clearer, brighter skin, mm-hmm. that kind of thing is out there. There have been some um, studies that have tried to prove this, but none of them are like big enough or high quality enough to know like, is it, is that really making the difference or, you know, so like this is not really supported by evidence yet, but there are a lot of people claiming that they like the way their skin looks better now that they've either been ingesting or applying Mm-hmm. chlorophyll because um, that's the other thing you can just drink the smoothies or water with chlorophyll or whatever and that's supposedly good for your skin too so you can you can inject you can take it either way hypothetically yeah in addition uh there are claims that it's a weight loss aid that it uh yes there are some very insidious anti-cancer claims um the antioxidant it's thing it's, it's all, all antioxidants games until it starts curing cancer and then all the vague stuff, too. Like, you'll find, like, chlorophyll In- detox packs. Yeah. It, it boosted my energy. Immune system support. My vibration and is now improved. Improve your wellness. And and th- just those sort of, like, vague, like, this doesn't do anything, but we really want to sell it to you. And here it is. And it looks exotic, I guess, because it turns your water green, and that's very exciting. We're and so it, stupid sometimes. I don't I lo- know. I love humans. I'm a humanist. We can be so dumb sometimes. <laughs> Turn my water green. Woohoo. This it's, is fixing me. It's very exciting to people. It turns the water green and it might turn your poop and pee green. So that's how you know it's working. But of course, I'm the I'm the dummy that likes the asparagus scent in my pee because it reminds me that a few hours ago I was a, I made a great choice. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, like so, I'm so I'm dumb feel, to I'm, you can feel good about yourself if you like <laughs> I did eat asparagus. Good for you, J Man. <laughs> Thanks, Pastor Jamie, for that healthy choice. Thanks for the nutrients. Do appreciate it. Great choice. Good fiber. Um, the form that is used most is chlorophyllin, which is like a semi-synthetic. It's like a salt with sodium and copper in order to make it water-soluble, in order to make it dissolve in water. Um, and in terms of research on this to, like, prove what does it actually do, most of it has been done in a lab, in Petri dishes, some, there have been some attempts at some early animal studies um, for things like wounds, um, burns, cancer fighting properties, whatever. And none of these have been replicated in humans. Um, Mm -hmm. There's no evidence right now that it does any of this stuff in humans. Again, a lot of this is always like a theoretical sort of idea, like, well, but it's antioxidant. And so wouldn't that be, you know, wouldn't that be good for us? Um, The only evidence that has actually produced anything with chlorophyll, there was a study done in 1980 on nursing home residents and odor. And the idea was that if you gave these people who lived in this nursing home chlorophyll, that you could reduce their body odor, their flatulence, and the odor of their bowel movements. Yeah. And according to this study, it yielded positive results. Okay. That everybody was less smelly after they took chlorophyllin, but it was a very, it was like 63 people. It was a very small sample. Um, And there's no, by the way, a lot of times we kind of try to understand why would that happen, right? Why would chlorophyll reduce your body odor? I can't find like a good mechanism for this. Like how does that happen in the human body? And I'm not saying that we always know. There are certainly medicines that do certain things and we don't fully understand why they do them. But we have done studies repeatedly to prove that, yeah, it does do this thing. I'm still not sure why, but it does do it. Um, With this, with chlorophyll, we don't really have good hard evidence that it reduces body odor. 
And we also don't know how or why it would. So we're missing kind of both pieces. Yeah. Um, there was some interesting research in 2001 about uh, chlorophyllin and aflatoxin, which is a toxin that's made by um, fungus, fungi. Okay. And uh, the idea is that if you are exposed to a lot of aflatoxins in your food, which in like certain parts of um, China – these toxins can contaminate a lot of food. And if you're exposed to them for a long time, it can increase your risk of developing liver cancer later oh, on. Oh. Um, and so they did a study where they tried to give people chlorophyll to see if it would, like, reduce the amount of damage that the aflatoxins can do. And they did see some positive results in this study, this idea that, like, if you are being exposed to these very specific toxins, taking chlorophyll can help neutralize them. Okay. And then the idea would be you're less likely to get cancer later. They did not follow the study out long enough to ever prove that mm -hmm. benefit. So we can't say that. Okay. It's interesting. It's intriguing. And I think certainly if you see that result in one study, you could do other studies about that specific thing uh, to to address that specific problem. But to take that and claim that it can – prevent, treat, cure cancer is obviously false. Yeah. We, we, we do not have evidence of that. Can it hurt you? Well, other than making your pee and poop green, which it might, um, not, not really. There are some concerns. It can make you a little more sensitive to sun. There are some medicines that do that too. So you could, you could take it and you're more likely to get a sunburn which is bad. Because you're soaking up so many of those <laughs> rays and converting them into energy. <laughs> it will not make you create oxygen like that. I don't think you can do photosynthesis from taking it. There's no evidence for that. Um, it can cause some loose stools maybe. It has not been proven overtly dangerous as of yet, um, but there are no high-quality studies to say like, what would the toxic dose be? Is there a, an amount you could take that would kill Folks, you? Folks, remember, as Sydney <laughs> always reminds me, there's a toxic dose of everything. <laughs> Um, we don't know about interactions with other medications. We talked about that with St. John's wort, right? Like it's important to know that it can, if you're going to take it, it can interact with some of the medications you might already be on. Mm -hmm. um, we don't really know that about chlorophyll. There's no proposed idea that it does. We just don't know. Um, and we don't know about things like um, how would it interact in people with other underlying chronic illnesses or pregnant people or breastfeeding people or kids. Mm -hmm. um, we have no idea about any of that. So to just say like, well, it doesn't seem to hurt anybody. I'm sure it's safe. That's a huge stretch. Right now, we just, we just don't know. We don't think it can hurt you, but we have no idea. And so I would never, based on that lack of evidence, I would never recommend taking it, um, especially when I don't know that it would do anything good Fair. for you. Um, and certainly if you were considering it, you should talk with your primary care, primary care provider about it first. Um, because if you're in any of those groups where you might be higher risk, you you maybe it's not a risk you want to take. But Sid, I got to have my chlorophyll. Here's the thing. If you want to take chlorophyll, I do. my recommendation is to eat your vegetables. Ugh. Because... Start over. I don't like this. Two cups of raw spinach equal the amount that a liquid supplement suggested dose would be like 15 drops. Okay. Have you ever eaten it's the two same cups amount. of raw spinach? That's not that much. It's, it's raw. So it's much. fluffy. Think about it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, that's not a lot of spinach. And this, and also, I will say spinach for me. Um, two things. The reason that, in my mind, the spinach or whatever vegetable you want to replace with this, whatever, especially green vegetables, that's what we're talking about. The reason the vegetable is superior to the liquid or pill or whatever supplement 
One, it can be a cost issue. I mean, typically a bag of spinach is not particularly expensive. And for some of these supplements, you could be paying 30 or 40 bucks. Now, there are cheaper versions out there. I'm not, there are so many different versions of this out there. Yeah. Um, and again, we've talked about this before. You don't know exactly what's it's in just them. It's plant blood. It's cheap and easy to make. <laughs> that is how it's, um, plant blood is how really? it's, it's been billed before. God. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's funny that you said that. I'm crushing it this episode. You I'm really, really are. in tune with the hucksters this I, time. I know. You could do this. Uh, you could be a patent medicine salesman. So even if you could get it cheaper, the other thing I would say, the advantage of the vegetable itself over the supplements, spinach also has vitamin A, C, K, folate, calcium, iron. It's good. It's yummy. You can throw it in with a meal and it tastes good. You can make a stop, salad Dr. out of McElroy, it. Dr. McRoy, stop. I'm not going to let <laughs> you use this podcast as a platform to peddle your lies about how spinach is, let me check the transcript Yummy? I like spinach. Spinach is good. Yummy? I like spinach. You are losing, you realize you lose credibility when you do things like this. If you Your don't, credibility is so important, the, to the, is the bedrock of this podcast, and you you peddle it away <laughs> when you say things, use this platform to say things like spinach is yummy. You could eat other vegetables, especially green leafy vegetables are good for you and you should eat them. And if you don't want to eat spinach, eat a different one. And that is better for you. I mean, overtly better for you than taking a chlorophyll supplement or tablet or liquid or whatever you want to take. It's it's just eat the vegetable. Um, two to three cups of veggies a day. Why not like eat more, eat four cups, eat five cups. Vegetables are good for you. Um that is a better way. You get other good stuff that you need, and it might taste okay. a lot better uh, than taking a supplement that we don't know if it helps you. We don't think, but we aren't sure if it can hurt you, and you're paying extra money for when you could just, like, eat a salad, and it would taste good. I feel like um, this, you chose this topic to for your ulterior motives. Obviously, since I'm touting the benefits of green leafy vegetables, it is, I feel like, that we have a lot of medically inclined listeners would point out that... If you are taking a medication like warfarin, which can interact with vitamin K, which is found in green leafy vegetables, you should always talk to your doctor, or your your provider in before dangers. you is that, before is you that adjust the in your amount. Cupboard no, telling you? no, you but you have to you have to know how much you're eating and keep it stable. And people who are on that medication know that and have talked to them. You know, but I just I, I always feel like if I'm going to sit here, I'm not going to say like everybody, no matter what, should eat all the spinach they want all the time. No, there are some people who need to watch the amount of vitamin K they consume. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We appreciate you. As always, it's a joy and a treasure. A yes. pleasure to be here. Not a treasure. Thank you, all of you who wrote in about chlorophyll. I did not know this was a thing, and it is fascinating that this has become a thing. I, this is hidden from me on TikTok, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I've disliked enough of these sorts of th videos that maybe they don't get so, – I, I don't understand the algorithm. Find Sydney on TikTok. She's no, got don't. a great feed on there. <laughs> yes, do. It's classic. You love it. Um, thanks to the taxpayers for the use of their song medicines as the intro and outro of our program. And, uh, hey, we got a book, Sawbones book. It's wherever books are. Go buy it. And that would be, that would be really top notch. So thanks. And, uh, that's going to do it for us for this week. So until next time, my name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. And as always, don't drill a hole in your head. Maximum 
Comfund.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported. Max Fun Drive's almost here. It starts on Monday, May 3rd, ends on May 14th, and it's the best time to support the shows you love. Here are some folks like you sharing what Max Fun and our shows mean to them. Most importantly, it's meant community. And uh, yeah, just thanks for hanging out, making joke em up, and making my week a little bit brighter. So thanks, Max Fun, for making me a better person and making sure that I'm surrounded by better people. Thanks again for all you do. Love supporting Max Fun and uh, keep it up. Come back Monday, May 3rd for more details from your favorite hosts. We'll have some of the best episodes of the year, special Max Fun Drive thank you gifts, and maybe a few surprises. That's Monday, May 3rd. Until then, 